0: Friday, June 10th, welcome to the weekend. Almost this is not gambling advice. I'm Peter Apple. That's Colby Olson. Today, we have a mailbag. We're answering all of your guys's questions left on our Twitter at gambling underscore advice, as well as our Instagram at just baseball show. And for all those watching on YouTube, hit us with a like, let us know in the comments, give us some questions for next time, because we have plenty of questions here. Before we get into it, Colby Olson. It's almost Friday. Are you excited for
1: any games during the weekend or anything for your fantasy team? What's going on? Yes, yeah, so we're recording this on Thursday, as we usually do, right, the day before. And tonight is a, a pretty eventful night. Steven Strasburg's making his return to baseball after not two years off, right? He did pitch last year, 21 innings last year, but just five innings in 2020. So really... I think it really is kind of his return to baseball since 2019, right? 2019, 209 innings, a 3.32 ERA, and just carried the Nationals to that, to that title. I mean, uh, what do you expect from him tonight? And, and I'm going to go a little further. What do you expect from him tonight? And what velocity does he need to be at for us to be interested
0: He has to be throwing, you know, at least 93, 94, 95. I mean, that's got to be the Strasburg. I don't know how well Strasburg can operate being 90 to 92, if that's where he's at. So I think he needs to be in the mid nineties. I think he needs to be in that range. You know what? I don't really have a read on him this game. That's why it's so hard. You know, he hasn't pitched in so long in the minors through 13 innings, allowed three earned runs. So pretty good, you know, decent, not great, not amazing, just solid. So, this is a big start for us to see what he's going to give us. My thinking is he's probably going to give us four innings. My guess they're going to give him to 75 pitches, probably gives up one or two runs, just has a mediocre ish outing. And then we're left with his next outing, having no idea what he's going to give us.
1: Yeah. I think if you're stashing him on your IL, which I think is a smart play, there's plenty of owners out here, I think, out there that have him. I think he's around 80% owner owned right now um his velocity last year and in 2020 was a tick below 92 miles an hour 91.8 miles an hour and back in 2019 his velocity was 94.1 so I think you're right Pete I think he's gonna need to be at that 93 to 95 to have success if he's at 92 he's gonna get clobbered and you know it could happen two years off without really throwing I think I think he can return and and be serviceable he's still just just 33 years old right I think that's still young enough Um, but yeah that's that's what I'm excited for you excited for anything else this weekend
0: I'm just excited from what I've seen from Shane McClanahan because I got to get out in front of this I have continually been not against the fact that he is an ace but just not being the first person to be like this guy is an ace this guy is an ace I was always worried that he's always had fantastic stuff, but would he command the ball within the strike zone and just not walk enough people to be an ACE. And he has been unbelievable. His ERA has now dropped below two. That's one of the players where I got to think to myself, all right, what was I truly watching here? Because I really didn't think that he would ever become a true ACE and he is looking
1: like one right now. I mean, so even last year, things didn't look great for him because he was giving him a lot of hard contact and a lot of barrels, but the stuff was definitely there from all exactly. metrics. We had his stuff plus on, you know, Sarah's, you know, algorithms, other people's stuff plus algorithms showed that his stuff was, you know, top five in the league. It, it, pretty, pretty crazy. He was just finding barrels and the command just needed to, to find its way, but 24 years old and your first taste of the bigs making the jump from double a will do that. But what he's shown this year, Peter. Yeah, he, he, I, I'm going to redo my my top 20 pitchers list here in the next, you know, before the the all-star break for sure. And, you know, I think to myself, he might be, he makes a case for being close to top five at, at the moment. I think he's in that range. I, I would peg
0: him, uh, just off the top of my head, I'd peg him around like seven or eight. Yeah. I think that's the kind of range that he's in. But depending on where the rest stacks up and how well he's done this season, it's hard to argue that he's not top five. It's hard to argue that he's not top five, but let's break into some of the questions because we have plenty of them here today. Colby first question. What player has shocked you the most this year in fantasy baseball for me, Luis Gonzalez, as he is putting up good at bats and getting results by Lil DJ on Instagram Colby,
1: who is your biggest surprise of the year so far, at least in fantasy. I have, I think I have two and they're, Both pitchers, and they're both on two ends of the spectrum here. The first guy, and I think we're going to talk about him a little later. There's another question about him, but we'll get to that then. Kevin Gosman has shocked me. I, I, you know, I pride myself on being a pitching guy and and being into pitching analysis, and you know, you're not going to get every guy right. Kevin Gosman was a guy that I left out of the top 20 coming into this season. A lot of people had him at least in the back end of the top 20, some even higher than that, and he's been even better than he was last year where he struck out over 10 per nine, had a 2.81 ERA this year, a 2.78 ERA. But the crazy thing is his FIP right now, Peter is at 1.61. He's walking less than a batter per nine innings. And even the little, like he, we talked about this last episode, he's been roughed up slightly, you know, he, he gave up three earned over five innings to the white Sox, And then he gave up five or no three earned five runs total to the twins in his last outing over three and two thirds. And like, okay, that's not what we're used to from Gosman, but he has not had a blow up start. He, he really hasn't. He's given up the the worst start this year is three earned. And, you know, he hasn't had many shutout outings, but he's been incredible.
0: But the thing is Colby, Kevin Gosman had a great start to the season last year and then kind of fell apart in the second half. I think we're looking to see Kevin Gosman put together two incredible halves. So, if he then puts together an incredible second half, that's when I think both of us will be a sh- bit shocked. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Gosman was going to come in and do a lot better than I think a lot of people think. That there was no real changes, you know, from the first half to the second half that I saw was concerning moving forward, and that I didn't think he would be as elite as San Francisco, but at least very, very good. Not this good. Did not predict one of the best fifths in baseball. Did not predict one of the best pitchers in baseball. But I'm this is what I'm looking at second half Gosman what is he going to give us? Cause last year's second half Gosman was a shell of
1: first half. So let's see him put it together for two straight halves. I agree. I agree. Yeah. We'll, we'll see him put it together for, for two straight halves. I mean, the concern for me coming into the season was, you know, running into that AL East. And I think I kind of just overestimated how strong the AL East would be and, and how strong Kevin Gosman would be. But the other guy real quick that I'm going to touch on is, such a big surprise because I had him as my one of my best pitchers coming in the season. We've talked about him a bunch too is Trevor Rogers has just mightily struggled, but I actually just picked him up in one of my leagues. He was just sitting on the waiver wire and I'm like, okay, you know, it seems like a good time to just take a flyer on this guy. He gets the nationals tonight against Strasburg. And I think that's kind of a bounce back opportunity for him. He, you know, had to face the Braves did not pitch. Well, he actually faced the Braves back to back starts, did not pitch well in either of those outings. The Braves have been hot. They hit lefties well. And then he pitched in cores, which is just a death sentence to pitching pitchers. Like, I, I don't put much weight into that. So I'm hoping he can string along a few good outings here and maybe just take a deep breath. And, like, the Marlins, you know, are kind of out of it at this point. So I think he can kind of take a, a little deep breath and just kind of pitch without some pressure and get back to his command. So I think it's, you know, sh- I'm shocked at how bad he's pitched, but it could be a good spot for him to kind of bounce back here.
0: I think it's slightly too early to say the Marlins are out of it, but I know what you're saying, that they're not in the thick of a playoff race where they're facing the Mets in a must-win game. You know, we're still early in the season, but I agree. It's it's too early to judge Rodgers fully. His stuff is still good. I haven't seen, like, huge concerning things where I'm like, wow, this doesn't look anything like it, the Rodgers of last year, besides the command. And I feel like once he you know recaptures the command of last year he'll be at least an 85 to 90 percent version of what he showed in his rookie season in Miami my biggest surprise and Clay Snowden who's been on our fantasy baseball podcast not gambling advice as well as written a ton of fantasy content on just baseball.com which you guys should definitely go check out he I had this guy already thought of when we did our questions, but then he reminded me of where he's at in point scoring. And that made me be like, all right, this guy is even more of a shock. pro profar being 20th in points leagues right now among hitters is shocking to me. This is the same pro profar that in 56 games in 2020 had seven home runs and at 278. So he had a 771 OPS. So in 2020, he was pretty good. But besides that, He just has not been good his entire career. He's been good in spurts. 2018, he had a solid-ish season with the Rangers, hit 20 home runs, stole 10 bases, but hit around 254. Pretty solid seasons. But, you know, after 2021, where he hit 227 with a 649 OPS, and he had four home runs in 137 games, I didn't think as he gets older that he would get better. And yet this is exactly what he's done. He has seven home runs, 32 RBIs, 31 walks the 38 strikeouts. The discipline has been there. And he's also stealing bags right now. I mean, this is a guy who could be a 20 home run guy, 15 steals, and be a very solid option for your fantasy team. And I didn't rank Jerks and Profar basically anywhere. I I just didn't see it coming. I really got to be honest. I did not see Jerks and Profar coming.
1: This Jerks and Profar is a guy that I think everyone can kind of latch on to and root for because of... You know the grind he's gone through. You know, a la Matt Bush, another Rangers top prospect that was a first overall draft pick. Jerks, Jerks and Profar was the number one prospect in baseball at one time, all the way back in 2011, 2012. Um, So he's been in the league for a long time, and now at 29 years old, still just 29 years old. This guy debuted when he was 19 years old. He's just finally, not finally finding stride. Right? He's hit 20 home runs twice, but. This is his breakout season, and and it's really just fun to see. And I could see it kind of – I could see him just kind of hanging around all season right here where he's at. I think so too, and I think he's a very valuable option in
0: fantasy. I don't see this really as a fluke. His baseball savant page looks pretty good. I like the discipline. I like some of the at-bats. He's doing pretty well. All right, let's move on to the next question because this one's interesting. Should I drop Yohan Mankata, or will he eventually revert back to his 2019 form? by Dylan Edwards on our Instagram. Colby, thoughts
1: on Yuan Mankata? Man, it poor White Sox fans, because Yohan Mankata has disappointed. Obviously, he had a really good 2019. So let's recap that, because it's in the question. 2019, he had 25 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 83 runs, 79 RBIs, with a 315 average. And he's never touched that since. I mean, last year was a pretty solid season for him. 144 games. He had 14 bombs, just three stolen bases. The steals have gone away from him at this point, which is crazy. I've never seen a guy with a 70-grade speed grade go from, you know, stealing 30 bags in the minors back in 2015, 2016, then was stealing 12, 10 bags in the bigs in 2018, 2019. Now he doesn't steal at all. It's crazy how fast that speed just 27 tanked. years old.
0: He's I'm 27 gonna... years old.
1: <laughs> Wink. Wink. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless of, of any of that, shenanigans, this year he's hitting 136 in just 21 games. He's dealt with lower leg injuries all season. And I honestly just do not think he's healthy right now. I think I don't think he he definitely has the chance to reclaim. His 2021 form, where he hit 263 with 14 bombs, 74 runs, 61 RBIs, which is like by all means a fine season. That's a middle of the pack, third baseman, second baseman type guy. Um, but right now, Jake Berger's playing better than him, Peter.
0: Yeah. My thinking is with Yohan Moncada, and we said it with, or I said it with Marcus Semyon, you can't drop him. I know you can't drop him because he's too good. And when he's playing, he is a better player than this. I mean, it, it might be a health thing. I, I don't think you can drop him similar to Marcus Semien. I mean, you
1: could if you're if you're a manager I think I in a 10 kind of league you're in. I think in a 10 team league, fine by I me mean, you can find better options at third. Maybe, but
0: at the top of his game he could be a top 10 third baseman in fantasy, kind of similar to Marcus Semien. Like maybe, maybe I'm in the boat where, you know, where I'm playing my fantasy team. I can't give up on these guys as quickly. And Marcus Semien has been much better lately. And I think Juan want is going to regain this form. I think he's been dealing with a, the injury bug this entire season. I don't think he's fully healthy yet. Like you said, I think he will be fully healthy, you know, as we get into the summer months. I can't get rid of this guy. I can't do it. I'm not getting rid of you on Mankata. And I would advise you not to, depending on your league, if you're in an 18 league or something, yeah, maybe. But like even 10, if I had him on a 10 team league, which I don't, but if I did, I wouldn't be dropping him. And I certainly wouldn't be dropping him in
1: deeper leagues either. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I think you got to give him more than 21 games and 85 plate appearances. I think you give him another 21 games, another 85 plate appearances, kind of gauge where he's at. See his at-bats, see if he's hitting the ball hard again. Because right now, 32% 32% hard hit rate. He's also not walking ever. This is a guy with a, you know, the last two. Yeah, CDs, I just don't think that's going to last. 12%. I was like, that doesn't even make sense with you on Mankata. It doesn't make sense. Last. It doesn't make sense. And I think it signals that he's just not healthy right now. Right. Similar to some other guys we've seen, but yeah, I think don't just wait and, and see where it goes. Absolutely. Next
0: question is a good one. Is Teoscar Hernandez going to return to form asked by Brennan Mayfield on Instagram? I've seen Teoscar at least start. To get better, but I mean, in the early goings of this season, Colby Tioscar Hernandez couldn't hit a freaking thing. It was crazy. I mean, in in April he had a good he had a good month, but it was super shortened because then he got bit with the injury bug, and then May he was dreadful. He hit 151 with a 428 OPS in May, but didn't play much in May, and is now finally starting to get healthy in June slashing 345, 406 OBP, 621 slugging with 1,027 OPS. He has a bomb, he has a triple, he has three doubles, he has enough walks, and he has some RBIs, and he even has a stolen base. This guy is one of my favorite hitters in the American League, and I think this guy is someone who, if an owner, is still a little weary about him by now is my thing with Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez is one of, like I said, one of the best hitters in the American League. We're seeing that with the barrel rate. He's in the 90th percentile. He barrels everything because he just hits the living shit out of the ball day in and day out. Does he drop fly balls that might lose us a better two? Yes. And do I hate him for that? Yes. But do I still love him as a hitter and as an overall player, especially
1: in fantasy? Absolutely. And no, one, no one's pretending he's a good outfielder, but this Toronto Blue Jays team, needs Teoscar Hernandez to figure it out and he's absolutely figured it out here in June. And it's it's not really all that surprising considering his hard hit rate is 44%, right around where it was last year at 49%. His batted ball profile is somewhat similar. He's hitting the ball on the ground more this year, but I'm not going to put too much weight into that. I put the weight I put into that is that he was, you know, still kind of recovering from that injury again, and I think he's starting to get healthy now, especially stealing a base in the last few days. This was a guy that stole 12 bags last year, 32 home runs. He's going to get scorching hot. Agree with you. Go buy Teoscar Hernandez now. And I think you can be pretty aggressive. Send an aggressive offer. Know that you're going to get a superstar or, you know, a fantasy superstar. I I won't call him a a real life superstar, but this guy at his best is a fantasy
0: superstar. Agreed. Because of the speed too. None of the home runs, the RBIs in the Blue Jays lineup, he can hit for an eye average and he has the speed. I agree with you, Colby. When he's on. Jessica Hernandez looks like a fantasy baseball superstar. So, before we break into our next question, I want to talk to you guys about Prize Picks, the sponsor of Not Gambling Advice. We have been deploying units on these Prize Picks all season long, and it's been very fun. We have Twitter Spaces at two or two thirty PM Eastern um, on my Twitter, which is tagged down below in the episode description. But was also in the episode description is our link to Prize Picks. If you guys are interested in playing along with us, we're deploying units on prize picks. Like I said, on these player props, click the link. If you use code just baseball, you get a full 100% deposit match on your deposit on prize picks. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100 free in order to use the app with us. Might as well use some free money because we're doing pretty well. We had a three and five day yesterday, which is one off of what you're supposed to because in prize picks what's great a regular parlay if you put in five and you go four or five you lose not on prize picks you'll still 2x your money if you go four or five you're not going to find that on many other books click the link in our episode description join us
1: while we do prize picks all season long it's a ton of fun ton of fun i think the great thing about you know the 100 percent deposit match too is if you're feeling weary if you're like oh, I don't know about this. I don't know what prize picks is. Well, okay, deposit $100, play with the $100 bonus you get. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, you can deposit your money literally risk-free. So check it out. So next question given
0: to us by Daniel Anderson in our Chalkboard group chat, which is great because we have a bunch of content in there. We have the d money line, which was fantastic. Hit that this morning, plus 116. It was on a freak though. Josh Rojas Ended up getting a Hawaii. single score, too. Hawaii.
1: He's a Hawaii guy.
0: Hawaii guy. Absolutely. Um, and we ended up we ended up hitting that bet, which you can find in our chalkboard. The, the link is in our episode description. So the question is, what Jay starter should I be betting on to win the Cy Young? Currently, Alec Manoa's odds are at plus 900. Kevin Gosman is at plus 1,000. They're one of the top 10 favorites. Both of them are in the American League. I will, and it kind of makes sense with our, with what we were talking about at the beginning, with Kevin Gosman and the tale of two halves. He was amazing last year for the San Francisco Giants in the first half. Second half, he fell off a cliff. This year, he's been amazing with the Toronto Blue Jays. Does he fall off a cliff in the second half? I don't want to put my money against that happening, so I'd rather put my money on Alec Manoa. I think Alec Manoa also has a legitimate shot to win this. Will he win it? I still don't think so. I don't think you should bet on either of them. But if you're like Peter, I'm going to bet on either of them, and I'm not listening to whether or not you like them or not. Okay, take Manoa. I think Manoa is
1: the better bet to win Cy Young. What do you think? I think Manoa is is not the better pitcher here, um, but has the better chance to win the Cy Young just because of that ERA right now and seven and one win loss record. You know, we can say all we want how I think win-loss record has less less of less of weight than it once did, um, but a 1.81 ERA is like, that's freaking crazy. He's not striking out the numbers. He's not striking out the guys he did last year, 28% strikeout rate last year, 22% this year, but he's not walking guys either. He walked 9% of guys last year, less than 5% this year. So he's a different pitcher this year. I like Manoa because yes, he's young and yes, he hasn't, had a full, you know, 32 start workload before. He started 20 games, won 111 innings last year, but he's a big dude. He's a big, big dude, and I think he has the strength to go a full 180, a full 190 innings, and and have an ERA in the mid twos. Um, so if I had to pick between them to live bet, I think Manoa, but Gos- Gosman could make it surely interesting.
0: I think so too. I think surely he could make it interesting. So let's move on to the next question. This is a really good one. Asked by Javier Reyes, one of the writers here at Just Baseball. He had to know, who would you rather have for the rest of the season? Trevor Story or Marcus Semien? Colby, I'm going to throw that over to you. Trevor Story is your guy, and you have been anti-Marcus Semien. Is Trevor Story the choice here over Semien or not?
1: So blindly, like as soon as I saw this question, I was like, yeah, it's got to be Story, right? It's got to be Story, but... But since May 1st, Story has nine home runs, a 133 WRC+. plus, Just a 233 average, though. So the average is pretty subpar. Seven stolen bases in that span, right? It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Very good. But uh, Simeon, since May 18th, which is a much smaller sample than the, the Story sample, obviously, right? That was May 1st, and this is May 18th. But still big enough. That's three weeks. Since May 18th, six home runs for Simeon, eight stolen bases in that time and a 3.22 average. The hard hit rate has crept up a little bit to like 36-37% over that span, and I can get behind that because he's done that before when he's hitting the ball hard at a 36 to 40% clip and hitting a lot of line drives, he actually he actually performs really really well in that range. So I think he's finally getting healthy I I don't know what was going on with Marcus Simeon but I in terms of price too so like I think that has a factor here who would you rather have I think I'd rather have Simeon because I think you might be able to get Simeon for cheaper at the moment
0: I agree I think it's Marcus Simeon it's just gun to the head who would you really rather have and I'd rather have Marcus Simeon I think Marcus Simeon is a better player than Trevor Story just all around, if we're talking fantasy too. Talking batting average, we are talking home runs, RBIs, runs, and stolen bases. I think there's a very strong chance that Marcus Semyon finishes with higher in every single category to Trevor Story. I think he's got the stolen bases over him, like I said. I think he's going to hit for higher average when it comes down to it, and I would prefer to have Marcus Semyon, And it's funny. We're singing the praise of Marcus Semyon when not so long ago we weren't. That just goes to show how hot Marcus Semyon can be. He can win you fantasy weeks by himself. That's how hot he can be, and he's been like that lately. But then again, Trevor Story was one of the hottest hitters on the planet there for about a couple of weeks. He can do that too, but I think when we look back on a 162-game season, it's going to be Marcus Semyon having the better all-around
1: year. Again, I think they're very similar, especially from a fantasy perspective. They offer power, they offer speed, and a decent average. For the Mm -hmm. most part, I mean, coming into the year, Marcus Simeon was ranked in the mid-30s. Story was ranked kind of just below that, I think, in the low 40s. So even coming in the year, very similar value. I think Simeon is is the guy right now to go get. Agreed. Let's move on. Uh, And this is another good one. This is an interesting
0: fantasy baseball question, kind of strategy. Should I trade healthy players for better players who are injured by returning? An example would be Tatis or Freddie Peralta. If I have IL spots, asked by our guy Clay, who's been on this podcast before. Colby, I
1: want to know your opinion. What do you think on this one? Because this is a tough one. Yeah, I was thinking about this one. The funny thing is, is I was actually thinking about this one prior to this question being asked today. I was on one of my leagues. I have a very, very dominant team, but I'm in fourth place right now, which is good. It's a 12-man team, 12-man league. I'm in fourth place. I'm right in the thick of it, but I kind of need just one more offensive weapon to take me to the next level. I'm going to have a ton of pitching. And it's a keeper league too, and I have a lot of young players. So I'm thinking right now, do I kind of go for it and take a risk on like a Fernando Tatis? Because the guy that has Fernando Tatis is in, I think, 10th place, ninth place right now. And depending on the the value I can give him, especially going into next year, could make it worth it. And dude, Fernando Tatis is a freak, right? We were talking about Jordan Alvarez in recent episodes. And we, I, you know, he just signed that contract extension. And we wrote an article on justbaseball.com about Jordan Alvarez and how much of a freak he is and how he has the third highest home run rate since 1947. <laughs> you know, you want to know who's number one? Who? Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow and Fernando Tatis Jr was way even ahead of Jordan Alvarez in that. He had 42 bombs last year in 130 games. I don't and I think the thing that I like with Fernando Tatis and you can kind of give me your opinion on this. I don't think the Padres are going to bring him back unless they're confident that he is fully healthy. Like they're not going to mess around with Fernando Tatis's health. If he's 90%, okay. If he's got to be 95% for him I to agree. come back. No, I I
0: totally agree with you. I I would say that they're going to only bring him in when he's 100% healthy. And when you have 100% Fernando Tatis Jr., that's arguably the best player in fantasy. And we're talking from a home run output. We're talking from a speed, the fact that he can hit for a high amount of average drive in, plenty of runs and those RBIs. And the Padres offense has been okay. I'd say so far this year, they crushed lefties. They have been putrid against righties, but overall they have a good team. They don't need to rush him back, but when he comes back, that's when you're going to see immediate production from a guy like him. If we're talking a guy, should you trade for a Freddie Peralta? That's where I'm like, you know what? Maybe take a step back from Freddie for a second, because maybe the early season troubles was because of an injury could be likely, but we don't know truly what was nagging him and what was truly leading to the lack of production. So I would not trade for him. Tatis is a guy I'm absolutely targeting. I've already put out some trades in my other leagues. Nobody has bitten yet because I'm probably underselling him right now. You probably are going to have to oversell for Tatis, but he's probably going to be worth
1: it. I think so Tatis, I think the good thing is, is that Tatis is just about to come back. He's going to be coming back either at the end of June, early July, I would suspect. Yeah, I saw
0: three weeks from like now. So I would say, yeah, end of June, right before yeah,
1: July fourth, I think. Perfect. The thing yeah. with Freddie is he just went on the IL with a he they say he's gonna miss significant time with a lat injury. So bad news. It's just like when is he gonna come back? Are you gonna be waiting until September? You're wasting your time, I think. I think his early season struggles were not struggles at all. I think it was just one of those things where it was I kind think he's of bad luck. Hurt. I think he's been he hurt. Bad luck. I mean, he was still striking out third oh, guys just and a combo. had the lowest walk rate of his career. I think it was just like, whatever. Tough. Yeah. You
0: ready to move on? We got a yeah.
1: last question here. Should I pick up
0: Riley Green now or wait to see how he plays in a ten-team league? So, if you're in a ten-team league, I wouldn't pick him up now. I don't think that he's going to come onto the scene and immediately produce. I think he'll be solid, but he is a 21-year-old prospect who hasn't lit up the minor leagues to epic proportions, maybe like a Julio Rodriguez or something like that, who also struggled in the early goings. I think in a 14-team league, that's where I start to say, all right, maybe you do go pick him up but you might have to stash him a little bit because I don't think that he's going to come up and immediately produce. But I think when we look back on his season, he will have put up decent stats, but not right now, like not right at the beginning of when he gets called up. So he's a guy to watch. I wouldn't jump at him, especially in a 10-team league. You get deeper possibly, but I don't think that he's going to produce immediately. And if he does, amazing, but I just, I don't think so.
1: Agreed with you. Agreed with you possibly in a 10 man keeper league potentially oh, keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, keeper. He probably shouldn't be owned in a 10 team keeper. I mean yeah. the other way, what did I say? I said, he should be owned in a 10 team keeper. So what I will do is I will give you someone else that you should pick up kind of in the same realm, not an outfielder, but a third baseman first baseman combo Jose Miranda. And we've been singing his praises since the preseason. We ranked him in our top 30 and called him a guy that's going to break out this year. And by Next year, he might even be a top 15, a top 10 third baseman in the league. Wow. Over his last 42 plate appearances, he's hitting 390 with three home runs, seven runs, 11 RBIs. And guess what? He is hitting right now in the thick of this lineup. He's been hitting fifth. He's hitting leadoff. They like him a lot. And he's finally, again, finding his stride. It took him, you know, 15 games, but now he's here got him here jose miranda yeah because this dude
0: in the minor leagues every single level he went to he hit and not just hit hit unbelievable performances finally gets the call up Batting average 340 batting average hit over 30 home runs i mean this guy is the truth at the plate and he's going to continue to be so he's definitely a guy to pick up if he's available do you know off the top of your head what percentage of leagues jose miranda is currently available in
1: I picked him up f- two days ago, 6% ownership.
0: Pick him up now. He's the real deal. He can make a big impact. Like, for example, Colby, rest of the season, him or Alec Bohm.
1: Oh, Miranda by far.
0: And Alec Bohm is going to be owned in most leagues. So go get Jose Miranda. That's how we'll wrap up the podcast. You got to go pick up Jose Miranda. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. But before you hit the weekend, play some prize picks with us. Click the link in the episode description and you get a full hundred percent deposit match on prize picks as well as click the link and join our baseball group chat. We'd love to have all of you guys listening, sweat out some bets with us.
1: Make sure that link is in there. Anything else, Colby? Yeah, I was just going to say in in terms of chalkboard, right? I don't post my picks on Twitter. I don't post them obviously on TikTok like you. I only post my picks in chalkboard every single day. And, And over my last 17 picks, I'm 12 and five starting to get hot again and So if you want to find my picks in there too, if the few picks that Peter's giving out every day aren't enough and you're itching for more, come check mine out. That's what I'm talking about. Check out my guy
0: Colby on Twitter and myself as well. That's where you'll find all the Twitter prize pick spaces where we go over them every day. That's in the episode description. Hopefully everybody has a good weekend. With that, thanks.